Hello and welcome back to Hopeful Sinner. This podcast episode is kind of overdue because I named this podcast Hopeful Sinner and then I never really talked about it that much. And so I I named it that way because I want to think of us as kind of in the same boat and because we are. We're all sinners, uh, but we all do have hope. And so what's overdue is that I haven't had a podcast that I pretty much talk about sin for the majority of the episode. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the near occasion of sin, which it's important to know what the near occasion of sin is so that you can avoid the near occasion of sin and thus avoid sin. Um, but before I do that, uh, like always, I want to start with some good news. So I, I don't know, I'll just give you a few things. So one thing is I was working on an apartment last night, so construction um, and an apartment for where I'm going to live once I'm married. And I got a sliver, tried my best to get the sliver out last night, didn't work. First thing this morning, got it out. So there's there's some good news. Um, let's see, what else? I wrapped up um, teaching for for the next week because we're on to Thanksgiving break. So just finished that up about an hour ago, my last Google Meet of the week. Um, yeah, and then my last thing that I want to share is that I accidentally stumbled upon some wisdom. So I I always walk into the coffee shop in Belding, Third Wave, and I I say hi to the people in there. And what I've started saying is, today's the day. And people look at me and they're like, why? What's it? What's so great about today? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just a good attitude to have. And I said that one time and then I thought, wow, that was kind of profound. Um, and so, I mean, today is the day. Think about that um, as you're going about your day today. Today is the day that, that God has put you in. He's got you in the position that he designed you to be in and he's given you certain skills and certain things and ways to brighten up this day for other people in the world and to grow in relationship with him. So yeah, just think about that today. Today is the day. Um, yeah. So I always start good news with my with my high school classes because I think it's good to focus on the positive. So that's why I kind of just um, vomited some good news on you. Um, think about some of your good news. And yeah, I always encourage people to do that because it's it's easy to focus on the things that are difficult in life and the things that are going wrong. And it's good to keep in mind the good stuff. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our topic, the near occasion of sin. So in order to explain what the near occasion of sin is, I'm going to pull where I know it from. So the the quote that I know it from is actually a prayer, a Catholic prayer, um, the act of contrition. And there's many different versions of the act of contrition. There's one in particular that I've memorized. And so I'll recite it and um, just listen for the phrase, the near occasion of sin. So it goes like this. Oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended you, and I detest all of my sins because of thy just punishments, but most of all because I have offended you, O oh my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. Amen. So that's the act of contrition, 
And it said after after um, confession or after reconciliation, after the you confess your sins and the priest assigns your pre- penance to you, so like a way kind of reparation for your sins, and then you say that prayer, and you promise to avoid the near occasion of sin. And so, um, kind of the way that I think of the near occasion of sin is it's something that leads us to sin. So, like, something that we choose to do that we know often may lead us to sin. Maybe it's not, it. there's nothing wrong with doing it other than it might lead us to sin, or it might us lead us to be tempted. And so, um, it's, it's something like that. So, it looks like a, a very, there's a variety of different things that this could look like, but it's basically, I know X causes me to do Y. So, I know that this thing that I do, um, it causes me to, to sin. It causes me to do this. So, um, maybe it could look like, when I spend time with this particular group of people, um, they cause me to sin in this way. So they cause me to gossip. They cause me to use foul language. They cause me um, to drink excessively. Or maybe it's that when you drink, so for example, when you drink alcohol, um, maybe it causes you to gossip or maybe it causes you to to sin in, in the way of um going against purity um, and chastity. Um, And then, I mean, another example could be kind of going along with that same thought is like, if I um, am hanging out with my girlfriend and we always like turn a movie on and that's when we normally sin together. So that could be another near occasion of sin is like entering that situation where you like, um, where it's, very probable or possible at least that you're going to sin. And so there's there's two options for avoiding sin. And in any of those situations, you you could be sort of a hero and say no to that temptation once the temptation is there. So you could you could enter the near occasion of sin and um once that temptation comes once the once you feel like you're being tempted to sin, you could say no. And that's more of a, it seems like that's more of a heroic sort of thing um, because a lot of the time it's difficult. Once something's in your mind, say you really want a cookie, um, once that's in your mind, it's very hard to say, no, I'm not going to have this. Uh, and a lot of the time, since sin is attractive, that's what happens is like that comes into our mind and it's very difficult to say no. You have to um, pray about it, uh, but in the moment, it's hard to say no to these things. So that's option one is to once you feel tempted to say no. Now, what's nice about knowing what the near occasion of sin is, is that you can do that in order to avoid the sin. So you can avoid the near occasion of sin in order to avoid sin. So instead of, um, instead of spending time with that particular group, like in my first example, um, that causes you to sin through gossip language or drinking, um, to, to maybe, um, 
I don't know, avoid spending so much time with them if they're going to cause you to do things that you're going to regret, uh, which can be very difficult. Uh, but if you do that, it's much easier to avoid those sins because you've cut, a, you've cut off those sins and that temptation from the source. Same thing with if when you drink, you end up gossiping. So the, the easy fix with that, for that would be to limit your drinking or to not drink at all. And then you're much safer from the sin of gossiping and tearing someone down verbally. Um, same thing with my third example that I gave about uh, being uh, like watching a movie or being in a dark room or something with your, with your girlfriend or boyfriend um, to find something else to do. And in that way, you can avoid the near occasion of sin. So I just think that it's important to know what the near occasion of sin is and to think about how you can where like what situations cause you to sin and then to just completely avoid those situations to say to have that conversation with your girlfriends that like normally once we sin it's because we were doing it's because we were in that situation to do that so um it's it's much easier to avoid the near occasion of sin than to be in the near occasion of sin and say no to sin. Both are possible, but one is so much more easy. Um, my, my example is that sometimes, sometimes like when I, when I drink alcohol, I, I start drinking and I've planned to not drink that much, but then it, it becomes more and more. And so what, what I think the near occasion of sin is, is for when I have maybe two drinks. So the, the rule that I could impose on my life and that I've thought about doing is to just have one drink per day and that's it, which is very countercultural and um, definitely would be difficult to do um, because people will pressure you to drink more than that. But um, I think it would be worth it because a lot of the time um, our sins are caused from the near occasion of sin, which can be named drinking. So, uh, or at least I've found that to be an example in my own life. So if I avoid the near occasion of sin and limit myself to one drink, there's going to be fruit that comes from that. I'm going to find freedom from um, not putting myself in a situation to sin and I'm going to find freedom and that the fruit that will come from it is temperance. Um, so not feeling like I need to drink a lot in order to enjoy myself or to enjoy the people around me. Um, so the reality is that evil tries to trip us up um, and we give it the opportunity by entering into the near occasion of sin. And so what we need to do is just stop giving it the opportunity um, and stop letting it lead us into temptation um, by entering these situations where we end up hurting ourselves. Um, and there's a few examples that I want to bring up. Um, so the first one is in the Odyssey, um, the story of Odysseus. Um, there's, a, there's a chapter in that book, and it's an epic poem. Um, there's a chapter in this epic poem that's... Um, about the sirens so the which you've probably heard but the the sirens are kind of like 
kind of like mermaids, right? So they're, they tempt everyone who pass them. They tempt all of the ships that go past where they are, um, by their singing. And, um, once, once the people hear them singing, they come closer because they're lured in because it's very attractive, right? So evil is attractive. And then once they have come close enough, then the sirens kill the people that they've attracted. So I think that that's just a great metaphor for evil, you know? So evil and what evil tries to do to us. It's attractive. It tries to lure us in. And so what they do in that scene is um, the men on the ship plug their ears. Um, everyone except for Odysseus, who has them instead tie him down um, so that he can't go out, but he wants to be able to listen to him. But what the men do in that scene when they, they plug their ears somehow, I forgot how, but what they do is they make it so they can't be tempted. So if they don't listen to the song of the sirens, they won't be tempted to go after the the sirens because they know that if they hear the song, they won't be able to resist. And so they know that they need to um, just cut it off from the source, which is just very helpful when you're trying to be a certain sin because the reality is, is we can be very weak at times and it's hard to say no in the moment. You have to say no before the moment arises. So um, there's another short story by C.S. Lewis and I probably shouldn't have even brought it up because I don't know that um, I hadn't read it completely through. I just read a summary of it, but basically there's um, this like lizard that's tempting this guy and um, it's like a part of him and the person tells him that he needs to cut it off um, so that like just completely cut it off and that it'll be painful during this process um, but once it's gone he'll be free. So the thing that's tempting him once he cuts it off he'll be free and so he cuts it off and then he's free. Um, but I don't know. That's just a glimpse of the wisdom of C.S. Lewis. Um, you should probably look more into him than than I did. And um, yeah, so that's just a, a thought. So and then now I've, I've got a couple of examples from literature. I want to bring in an example from the Bible. So uh, in Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, he says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into Gehenna. And he says the same thing about if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, which just sounds so intense. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into Gehenna and Gehenna being hell, basically. So, I mean, we can see it in literature. We can see it in the Bible. Jesus said it explicitly that you need to, sometimes it's too difficult to avoid temptation, well, to say no once you're tempted. So the key is to avoid temptation, to avoid the near occasion of sin, and to avoid these things that cause you to be a slave to evil, and that cause you to go against God's will for your life. And so that whole thing about the whole body being thrown into Gehenna, that's a good reason to avoid the near occasion of sin. Um, 
fear of fear of going to hell for all of eternity is an excellent reason to to avoid the near occasion of sin. But there is an even better one, and that is out of love of God and knowing that it's not fair to God and it's not fair to Jesus who gave his life for us, for each and every one of us. And so even though it seems like, sounds like the worst possible thing to, to experience eternity in hell. Um, but even worse than that is hurting God, which is what we do when we sin. So part of, part of, um, avoiding it, part of not hurting God is to avoid the near occasion of sin and to avoid temptation so that you may not fall to, to pray in case you are tempted, but to know that sometimes being tempted is our choice. Sometimes we choose things that we know are going to ultimately lead to us falling. And so the key is to think about your own life, think about where you experience the near occasion of sin, and to cut that out from your life. Avoiding the near occasion of sin leads to freedom. Um, in all of those examples, if you... It, so. If you spend time with a certain group that that causes you to sin by by language, by gossip, by drinking, by whatever, then maybe it's a good idea to spend some time with different people. Or if if whenever you drink you end up gossiping, maybe it's time to limit your drinking. Or maybe when you're in that situation with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you're watching a movie, um, to to put yourself in a different situation. So to maybe instead of watching a movie, you can play cards and you know that no one's going to fall to sin at that point. Um, so avoiding the near occasion of sin leads to freedom. So I'd like to end by praying the act of contrition. Like I said at the start, it's okay if you don't have it memorized. Even if you're Catholic, you probably have a different one memorized. Um, but even if you can't recite it, maybe you can just pray it along with me in your heart and um, kind of offer it up to God. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended you, and I detest all of my sins because of thy just punishments, but most of all because you are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more, and to avoid the near occasion of sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. Have a good week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week.